0: Welcome to another episode of the Pioneer Podcast. Katie and I are talking all things cannabis today, and especially some more current events. And as we look forward to the next election cycle, you know, hypothesizing the impacts on the industry, our business, and patients and consumers. So
1: Sarah, in recent news, we have seen a movement around uh, credit card companies, specifically MasterCard, and I believe Wells Fargo was uh, the bank that was behind it, that are Asking for their cards, I don't believe that it's actually been implemented, but they're they're asking that their debit cards no longer be used for cannabis purchasing. Mm-hmm. Um, what is happening? <laughs> yeah,
0: maybe first let's step back and describe to people why that's such a big deal. So, while several states in the United States have legalized medical and or adult recreational use of cannabis, it is still federally an illegal drug, and for that reason, there are a lot of restrictions that come with a federally illicit drug, like you can't move it across state lines, which is why you can't make a product in Pennsylvania and sell it in New Jersey. And that's a massive issue for the cannabis industry because they're confined to state geographies. But a bigger issue is because it's federally illegal, cannabis businesses cannot put money in federal banks because it is considered the trafficking of an illicit drug. The tail pieces of that are massive, including the fact that you can't use a credit card in a dispensary. And for a long time, you could only purchase cannabis, even in states where it was legal with cash. And there ended up being a really interesting workaround that some dispensaries figured out where you could actually run a debit card transaction. And so if your purchase was gonna be $89, they would round it to 90 and then hand you $1 so that it showed up on your bank card as a debit transaction. And that has been going on for more than a year, at least in the state of Pennsylvania. And more recently, MasterCard has said that they no longer will allow debit transactions to occur on their products out of cannabis dispensaries largely because they believe there's too much risk. There was a sentiment that we would get to a place where the federal government, even if they didn't legalize or lift prohibition on cannabis, that they would implement some banking and finance regulations. It was
1: actually
0: supposed to be part of the DOD. Yes, it's supposed to happen multiple times. We felt like Biden taking office and his campaign promises about cannabis were high, that we would see if not federal prohibition lifted, the Safe Banking Act, which is the most prominent one that's been in front of Congress, would pass. And that would do a number of things like allowing for transactions to happen. It would also change the tax structure for cannabis businesses. While while people are seeing dispensaries pop up all over in legal states, there is actually a lot of cash changing hands in cannabis businesses, but very little profit because of some of those structures. But the MasterCard one is particularly troubling because they know they're leaving money on the table and they're just afraid of some sort of punishment or fines from the federal government. And what that does to dispensaries is significantly limits their ability for customers to just make a purchase. Like how often do, do you use cash anymore when you make a purchase? And now they have more cash on hand, which makes them even more da- dangerous as a security risk, both for the physical location, but the employees who either have to find a way to move that cash to some local bank that they actually can put their money in. They're just at much more risk of security break-ins and threats at this point.
1: So this is where my skepticism and pessimism comes in, but in our episode with Jillian, you heard me say, follow the money, the Mm -hmm. money is always where the influence is. And so it's interesting to me to see this happening because in years past, the reason why I think that there has been such a slow play in ending the prohibition of, of cannabis is because life sciences companies and pharmaceutical companies didn't want them as a competitor. And so now that we're in a place where there's a movement where it's being legalized, now we see our life sciences and pharma partners getting involved and starting to leverage it as a potential business line for them as well. And so some of that, like lobbying and influence, has pulled back as they see an opportunity to make profit. So now I'm wondering is who's, who's behind this? Mm-hmm. Who is pushing MasterCard to make a move like this? Yes, it, it's probably risk-based. That's probably how they convince them to do it. But I'm curious who's trying to essentially stall any sort of progress that we're making here.
0: Yeah, I had I had a similar thought and wondered if they've kind of given up if this was a new risk evaluation based on the lack of progress in Congress to actually pass one of the safe banking acts that they were kind of just like we're, we've ha- we've taken on this risk for too long and now we have lost faith. So that was one thought I had. And then the other one, which the opposite of your skepticism was, is this a move to bring more national attention to the issue to accelerate the Safe Banking Act? That's the hopeful optimist in me, but I, well, I wondered- the realist is more aligned with you. It's like, what? How are they trying to quell and quash this industry in other ways? And this is certainly a way to do some significant damage.
1: Well, I wonder who else this will impact, mm-hmm. because that would be so... If we're thinking about it like they are the ones that are trying to drive a change so uh mastercard is saying we won't do this until there's a lower risk who else is that move impacting Mm -hmm. that they are trying to have influence over because if it's hitting other people's pocketbooks with influence outside of the cannabis industry that can be an interesting Mm -hmm. approach to making something happen
0: yeah i did see one point of sale system that is is pretty popular in a lot of dispensaries already within days came out and said, we have an idea. We are going to link up with a Bitcoin platform. And the struggle there is that is a very uncertain currency where the value changes, but they essentially would try to do the same thing where you would be in the spot in the dispensary wanting to buy $89 worth of product. You'd make a $90 Bitcoin purchase and immediately transfer those funds. I mean, me personally, I probably am out of the age range of being excited about Bitcoin to begin with. But second of all, I'm like, yeah, it's extra friction not to use my debit card, but like, I'll just stop at an ATM before I go. Like, it's not going to prevent me from accessing cannabis. It creates friction. And certainly there will be some people that are cut out, but it feels like a broader attempt to push cannabis back in the shadows, to, to bring the taboos again, because no other product you don't have to worry about making a debit card purchase for alcohol or tobacco.
1: You're not allowed to bring alcohol over state lines. I don't know about, about tobacco. That. Alcohol, for sure you're not.
0: I don't think you can with tobacco either, actually. But anyway, it's there's no other fact product. Check. Yeah, we're going to need a fact check on that one. <laughs> there's no other product where you are restricted in how you can purchase it, whether that's debit, credit, cash. It's wild that we are still in a position where people are perpetuating Yeah, we're also harm. seeing
1: companies move out of the U.S. and just mm-hmm. stay in Canada. But like you said, there was a feeling that the federal legislation would have passed by now, or at least been made easier through the Safe Banking Act, and it hasn't. So companies have pulled their business out of the U.S. and are just mm-hmm. focusing on the Canadian market, mm-hmm. which perhaps we'll pursue.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's it's so interesting in the industry. People have expressed that actually lifting federal prohibition or rescheduling cannabis. So removing it from the most severe scheduling to something more akin to other Drugs, like even cocaine is a lower Mm -hmm. scheduling than cannabis, would obviously have huge impacts, beneficial impacts on the industry. But most of the discussion for I would say the last three years has been around that's going to be a longer haul. We don't know when it'll happen. If we could get the Safe Banking Act to pass, that's actually even more impactful. Because, you know, I I alluded to some of the finances, but cannabis businesses in the state of Pennsylvania are taxed at like 97% because they cannot expense things that are normal businesses can. We're sitting on a couch right now. We expense. That because it is in our office, cannabis companies cannot do that, and so it's incredibly hard for them to make a profit because they are so beholden to these incredibly high tax burdens.
1: My mom had a medical license for Delaware and had a stay at at UPenn down uh, in the city, and they took her. She had um, a tin of uh, digestibles, and they took them from her. Well, they gave them to me to bring home, but. Uh, They couldn't verify them in their pharmacy. But if it it had been from a Pennsylvania dispensary, they would have allowed her to keep it.
0: Which is another, like, such a strange hurdle in the industry that you can, we were fact check you can bring tobacco across state lines, just limit the amount. But that you can purchase goods in other states with reciprocity from those states, but you cannot with cannabis. And that is a huge part of the the federal prohibition issue.
1: And with my mom, they couldn't even give her new verified mm-hmm. cannabis
0: because she didn't have a, a P.A. license.
1: so,
0: so wow her, her medicine. Yeah. I mean, I mean, the industry will continue. I mean, safe banking has to happen. Federal prohibition also has to be lifted. I mean, it is just ridiculous that that debate is even still happening when science has already disproved the negative effects. That we, we were even saying this morning, my stomach hurts a little bit because I had a little too much wine last night. And boy, I wish I had just <laughs> had cannabis instead because I would have <laughs> felt great.
1: going
0: to add some this morning. So ultimately, while I do love wine, alcohol is a poison and cannabis is not. And so it's wild that we are even still debating it. It's almost been a year. So last October was when President Biden asked for the DEA to look at the scheduling of cannabis and we still have no outcomes from that research. And that's really one of the few ways that cannabis can be removed or lowered on that scheduling list because the people who put that policy in place were somewhat brilliant and if you are a schedule 1 drug then the only way to get off that scheduling list is if you have scientific proof that there's medical value however you cannot do research on scheduled drugs so there is no way to present that research and so it seemed like an incredible step forward when he made that announcement last October because effectively administratively that's the only other way to remove from the list but We haven't seen any progress. And so some of the MasterCard moves makes me feel like they've given up.
1: And at this point, knowing that next year is an election year, that it's unlikely that they're going to make any progress because they're going to hold out and see who gets elected. If it's a Republican, they may undo that Mm -hmm. initiative. If it's a Democrat, then they'll probably move quicker on it.
0: Well, in my (laughs) ever-optimist viewpoint. My hope is that like sneaking in right before the election, cannabis is legalized and so there's a huge push of people who are grateful and thankful and feel like a promise was finally met and will resurge them back to the polls. But that is the optimist in me, and maybe not so much the realist.
1: Sadly, Democrats don't make cutthroat moves like that. Maybe <laughs> they'll surprise us in 24. We'll see.
0: Maybe if we just give them all some weed. That's right. That's right. Everything would be way cooler, chiller. <laughs> Stand and have the polls, Sarah, and
1: give out little grab bags. Uh, uh,
0: uh, not in the state of Pennsylvania because it's not recreational legal. We're going to have to go to like Massachusetts or Jersey or yeah. Maryland or now. Delaware passes. All right. Every other state around us, around we, us. we will we will support.
1: <laughs> Get on at Shapiro.
0: I know that was another promise. Let's do this. So, how do you think these,
1: I guess, responses to a lack of action are going to impact some of our goals and our business mm-hmm. objectives?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think we've always known that the way that we will generate revenue in business and business in cannabis is very different than how we would do it in traditional healthcare. I mean, I'm excited about seeing some pharma clients starting to engage in the space. I think that is the bridge we've been trying to build to expand healthcare to include cannabis. So, I'm, I'm hopeful around that aspect. I think you know as we see the impacts of decisions like the MasterCard repealing their use of debit cards, as we see a slowing or lack of progress in legislation, the industry will continue to suffer and the, the legal industry will continue to suffer. What won't suffer is the illicit market. And what they're doing is creating a vacuum where the illicit market can resurge. And to me, that's incredibly dangerous, not just for our business and successful cannabis businesses, but even for the consumer. When you don't know what it is that you're receiving, you don't know if it's been validated by a pharmacy or a hospital. And now you're in a position where people could have dangerous and difficult Experiences that they wouldn't have had if they were able to participate in a legal market. Yeah,
1: because people will take advantage of those
0: loopholes. Exactly. It's like you know when alcohol prohibition and people were going blind from alcohol that was made in tubs. Like people are still going to do it.
1: Like the hand yes! can it. <laughs> Right.
0: Exactly. So people are going to make decisions for themselves and what they believe is best, whether they have a legal path to do that or not. So I I worry for the impact on patients and consumers. More than anything, I think the cannabis industry will continue to suffer until there is meaningful, consistent legislation in the US that. I think is a table stakes right now. We've always known that this to me feels like it's more damaging to the consumer. So I feel like what we've talked about, Katie, today is we still don't know. We still don't know what's going to happen in cannabis. (laughs) I think we're placing some what we think are meaningful bets, but a lot is dependent on legislation, the election cycle, and truly moving the mindsets of people away from cannabis being a bad, horrible thing to being something that's actually incredibly helpful and valuable to many, many people.